Hey there, Sean. Hey, Pierce. How's it going? It's pretty okay. All right. That means it's time for another episode of the It's Pretty Okay podcast. Let's do it. Let's start the show. I see you watch her from across the room. Dancing her home in your mind. It takes more than whiskey to make that flower bloom. By the third drink, you'll find out she's mine. I've loved her in secret. Okie doke. It's, uh, it's, a new, it's a new season. We're, we're getting towards ye old autumn, which means, alas, that uh, tomato sandwich season is coming to a close, which is, which is very sad. And we'll, we'll pour one out for that uh, once the leaves change colors. I know you can pour out for that. I had I had something today. It was a pumpkin cream cold brew coffee from Starbucks. You can you, pour one of those out for the for the tomato sandwiches. You know, not everybody just, is rich, no. Max. Not everybody I needed to make rich. a mention of it. How no. much did that cost? Eight dollars? Twelve? Four something. I bought it through the app, so I don't even know. They they've got me. <laughs> they've got me in a chokehold, man. <laughs> All right. All right, snack. Uh, no, it's it's the season where uh, uh, where at least I uh, have to reconcile my uh, my distaste for uh, some of the issues with the sport of football uh, with mm-hmm. how much I also like the sport of football. Oh, um, you mean like last night when it was mentioned on multiple occasions that Jamie Collins came back to the Patriots for, and this is a direct quote. Bill Belichick money, also known as, you know, labor abuse. Is about how much money I'm making now as a grad assistant. Yeah. Uh, Uh, No, because that is ludicrous, and I'm not watching Sunday night football games between the Patriots and the Steelers. Uh, No, but it is is football season, and so I I get to enjoy uh, a thrilling Texas LSU game, which was great. Uh, You know, I I think ultimately I would have been happy either way because – my family has sort of adopted UT as like a second school because my sister goes there and my parents spend a decent amount of time in Austin. Uh, and then I, the Saints, I guess, are playing later tonight. Uh, but that means we're looking forward to many weekends spent sitting on a couch. Mm. Specifically, in my case, a couch that while I, I purchased secondhand... Uh, came originally from a tiny little mom-and-pop furniture store called Ikea. Yes, yes. Max, are you familiar with the phenomenon of Ikea, this little mom-and-pop shop? I am. I recently went there. Yeah. Actually, I think, Max, Max, I think I took you to Ikea for the first time ever, if I recall correctly. Um, The first time as an adult. Okay. I got lost in Ikea as a child, <laughs> probably on multiple occasions. That feels like yeah. it explains a lot. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that the thing that's incredible about Ikea, just first and foremost, is is the fact that it's not just that you can get lost in there. It's that everyone understands because Ikea is not just a furniture store. It is an experience. It is generational. It is... Uh, 
it's it's assumed you have gone there and bought furniture and there's nothing else like that it's it's almost and it's different because you can go there and you can touch it it's unlike amazon where everyone uses amazon but no one's been to amazon it's not an experience to go there yeah it's fun so it's funny you say generational because next to my secondhand ikea couch is a secondhand ikea lamp uh, that I, I bought from an older woman who I very much did not expect to uh, be in Ikea's target demographic. Mm-hmm. So I I think I I see it as universal. I mean, I, I went, God, I must have, I guess I moved in late July. So I went in slightly later July. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it is surprising that the, the breadth and, and width and depth of who all is at Ikea. I mean, there's so many people. First of all, like I, so similar to our, our Trader Joe's series from many moons ago, this was the first time I had ever been to an Ikea. Uh, uh, there's not one anywhere close to New Orleans, I don't think. Um, and so <clears throat> when I moved, I said, okay, I need some furniture to fill out some space in this apartment. Uh, time to jet over to college park for a little bit and go to ikea and i was genuinely stunned by how massive they are they are huge yeah i I think it's terrifying yeah i mean to take an anecdote from uh you know when i took max i remember max you got very irritated because you did not see any desks out on display and i kept my refrain was there is an area at the end where it is just desks it's in some ways it's kind of like going to wegmans if you've never been to wegmans before it's like where is the you know bread counter or something it's like it's there it is going to be bigger than any other store you've been to just just trust me it's it's they've you know they have these showrooms that go on forever it is it is intimidating uh but is part of that because there aren't any other furniture stores that we're really interacting with like that i mean i certainly can't tell you another furniture store i i've been to i mean jordan's furniture bob's discount furniture <laughs> i mean you know i spent i spent two and a half years doing advertising for ashley furniture so I mean, like, I'm I'm familiar. I'm certainly familiar with other furniture stores, but I don't like. I wouldn't say I go in any other new furniture stores. Um, mostly, I mean, frankly, because you know, non IKEA like real furniture, we'll call it, is too fucking expensive. Yeah, yeah. But you also just mentioned a person who you were un you know unexpectedly was in the. Well, maybe not in, but they were not someone that you would expect to have IKEA furniture. And is is that maybe part of the problem too? Is we kind of ascribe this? Oh, well, IKEA furniture isn't nice. Um, but if it's the furniture that everybody has, it's it's very. I mean, that is one thing about IKEA that I think is is really great, and it might be in that Scandinavian tradition. It's it's very democratized. You go buy it, you pick it out. Everyone has everyone has the same Huang chair, however you say it. Everyone has that. You know, you get the the cutting boards, the blue bags, and everyone has it. And you go home and you put it together. You know, you are not the designer, but you you put it together and you have a connection with it. But you're all sharing in this thing, and maybe they're not the most expertly made, but they are designed with with the user in mind, and they're 
not too expensive and they are mass produced, but you end up feeling like a, you have a connection with something and it is made such that everyone can have it. Um, and do I think in that have, way, there's something. Do you have a connection with it if you know that, you know, quote unquote, everyone has the same stuff? I, I feel well, like everyone that's, has I feel a, like that's tough. You know, you know what I mean? Like, you know, we're, we're if you if you ask the market research folks we're a generation hell-bent on, you know, our, our personal brands and identities and who we are. Uh, but we all have the same chairs. And by the way, I don't know that I buy that we all have the same chairs. I know exactly two people with those chairs. They're you and me. Well, I, I, they, I think that a lot of people – I mean, if I look out now, I can see the chair and the other um, – you know, other people in my building yeah. have that chair in the same spot. Um I think that well, it goes to the kind of the showroom aspect, and you have gone in, and maybe you have like I have a really big cutting board from IKEA, and you see that in their showroom or, or there, mm-hmm. and you imagine it what it looks like in other people's place, uh, and then you imagine what it might look like in yours, um, and even though we all have maybe the same chair, uh, the fact that you put it together, and then everyone always has a story about. Uh how they put together the Ikea furniture, and that makes it your own. That makes you have a connection. If some mover comes in and drops off some fancy couch and you go to another place and they have your couch too, you might feel like, oh, you know, this fancy thing, it's the fancy thing of the moment. But no one but you put your chair together. And I think that there's a connection there that is that is worth something. And you can remember that later on when when the when the when it kind of wobbles a little bit. You're like, oh, I remember that I didn't screw that thing in all the way, or I gave up on the directions at that point. Isn't that a that's a bad thing though? Like you you oh. mentioned you called them well made, and I I I I did a little double take in my head. I was like, wait a second, N- no, because they're not made. Like they're they're manufactured by IKEA, but they're assembled by the jamokes that shop at IKEA. And like I put one of my chairs together, I got all the way to the end before I realized I had put those curved bars on backwards. Yeah. I had to take the whole fucking chair apart and do, start it over again. That was the second chair. I did the first one right. Like Well Well, Max, how did your how did your desk go? Um, I don't remember desk. what all you bought. I feel like you bought. I mean, a desk is yeah. Is more recently, five pieces. um, I went more recently, but I didn't actually buy any furniture that required assembly. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a different direction to go in than I thought the conversation would go in. To be honest, I, I do yeah. think there is some. I don't know if it's a democratization, but I think there's something about IKEA finding a balance of price and quality that doesn't seem like it has any competition i mean you can get slightly cheaper furniture from amazon and walmart and it's flimsy it's um and if you want anything really nicer than ikea you're spending literally like eight to ten times the price it's it's this plateau where all their stuff is just kind of fits in that quality of well we just we just need a table that kind of thing. And so a lot of people, I think, use it as like an introductory adult mm-hmm. apartment stuff. Yeah. And it almost drives this without getting into the um, assembly. For me, the reason I really wanted to talk about it is I feel like Ikea can almost dictate certain 
like interior design trends and fashions oh, because sure. people all have it. It's like, oh, I have the hems table. They have their lines that are all the um mm-hmm. the you know their the word um the different like the Swedish words and yeah. the collections and you and you recognize them in other people's apartments. I don't necessarily think, hey, I bet it I bet it sucked to put that to get table together. Like would you drink a six pack and put it together backwards? Like we, yeah, we all did that. That's <laughs> how you put together IKEA furniture. And that is an, an interesting thing to talk about too, but I I was just blown away walking through it recently of like this is this is every every I don't it's 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 available to everyone. It really is um yeah. super the people shopping there were super diverse to me. It was anyone who's anyone, uh, you know, coming right around September 1st time frame when around here everyone um, has moved. And the places, you know, like the, the IKEA I went to is sold out of a lot of things, which is, it's a big store with a yeah. lot of warehouse attached. To be sold yeah. out of, of things is, is saying something. Right. So something you said just kind of tripped a wire for me, which is introductory apartment. And I wonder, you know, I, I think one of the one of the groups that I, I saw in particular, in particularly high volume when I was at IKEA was what appeared to be like new, you know, relatively new families. Mm-hmm. And so I wonder, you know, you know, IKEA on the one hand is influencing design trends. They're also definitely taking advantage of demographic trends like yeah. the fact that people start are starting families and having kids much later in life so that introductory period lasts much longer now like i'm gonna be buying ikea furniture like i'm i've still only halfway graduated from buying secondhand ikea stuff on craigslist to buying new ikea stuff at ikea and like we're all in our mid to late 20s so, you know, we're we're much past the point where by now we've like had you know, we've had 5 or 7 years in the jobs that we're going to have until we keel over and, you know, so the spoils are there for someone who happens to have a unique combination of reasonable quality and low but not bargain basement price point. Yeah, I, I think that I I don't know. I I think that there is there is also something maybe in there and and wrong again about this idea that at some point you have to have nicer furniture. I mean, you could you could say the same sure. same thing about work dress shoes. Oh, at some point you need to buy nice work dress shoes. You know, sometimes just because you have to wear a suit to work doesn't mean you care to spend a lot of money on it because it's not something you value. And I know that sometimes I have to reframe what I'm thinking when I see people like, uh, why would you, you know, why wouldn't you invest more in that thing? Well, maybe you don't care. And to your point, Sean, if you are having children, children are antithetical to having really nice things within a small person's reach all the time. Um, And, you know, there and. Also, there's a reason that IKEA has a good part of their showroom that is dedicated to children's spaces, basically. It's not just to take advantage of that, but it's to say to the people coming in, we know that your kids are going to break things. Why don't you buy something that is fairly dependable, but if it does break, you can get a replacement 
pretty easily, and there are plenty of them. So, I, I mean, I think that they they do, and they take advantage of it, just as anybody would, but um, at least in this society. But they understand their audience, and you know, the the people who are going to buy the playing chairs or the the bookshelves that a lot of people have or whatever, at some point, they you know maybe will have other people in their household, and they're going to buy something that. To your point, Max, looks similar because you don't want to have to totally reset everything, um, but is still maybe you're not ready to commit to a really fancy dinner table. And I think it's I think it's cyclical too. I think some people, you know, to your point, maybe don't care as much what their furniture looks like. They just want something in their head that's you know passable, that looks nice to them, and will be okay for guests. And what what is passable and what is you know in vogue is almost driven by Ikea <laughs> yeah. in this way where it's like, oh, you have all Ikea furniture, you're safe. No one's going to come in and be like, oh, you have that table? Like, it's it's fine. Um, and, yeah. It's a safe choice. And to be honest, how much furniture are is the average person who visits? <laughs> well, okay, there, there are two parts of this, which is, one, how much furniture are the people that, that are in your apartment really seeing? They're probably seeing your kind of open shared space and, and your kitchen. I mean, not everybody is necessarily coming into your bedroom, depending on your living situation. The other thing that I would point to the three of us, we all live in different states. Um, and, you know, we're not going to one another's apartments that often. And I think that it's not atypical of people in our age bracket to have friends all over the place who they keep up with, you know, by digital means. But, mm-hmm. you know, why have what what is ultimately furniture for? It is for your comfort. But it is also to provide spaces for entertaining. And I do think that if you're entertaining less and less, um, putting a lot of value into your furniture, deciding to go to, you know, Ballard Designs. I have a catalog from them over here or Wayfair or or uh, Frontgate. Uh, you know, who 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 is there to impress? I mean, you should if, if you want to do that, do it if that's what gives you comfort. But I just think we're entertaining a lot less, too. Yeah. And I mean, you mentioned Wayfair, actually, which is, uh, we also bought something from the furniture piece we bought is from Wayfair. Mm -hmm. Um, But it was sort of similar to Ikea, with the main difference just being that it didn't have a physical place we could go compare. I mean, it came, it was all online, but it came in a box and we had to, you know, we had to drink beer and assemble it. Yeah. Um, It was in the instructions. (laughs) Yeah. Were they better than Ikea's instructions? Oh, they were so much worse. Wow. How is that possible? IKEA's instruction papers don't are notorious. Words. Yeah, because they don't have words for being borderline impossible to follow. Um if I recall the Wayfair one was just as bad, if not worse, but um I mean that's the I that's the reason very well. That's the reason we all have our war stories about assembling IKEA furniture. Yeah, they really need to do like a partnership with Lego to to come up with the instruction manual <laughs> or you should just make everything out of lego that's i think that could be an option that's um, really the option yes but you know max if you're given this this option between going to wayfair or going or let me let me say this differently if you're given the option of purchasing from wayfair and purchasing from ikea going to ikea i think is part of the enjoyment <laughs> yes uh, you know getting swedish fish at the end or Getting uh, meatballs you know, at the meatballs, beginning. Meatballs at the beginning. <laughs> Every time. And, it, and not to mention, the food is really cheap, and like IKEA furniture, is 
totally adequate, better than adequate, pretty good, absolutely good for what you're paying if you put it in that tent. You know, this is, they in some ways have, I know that the big word is is always optimization. Wayfair has optimized so not to have a storefront um, so that they can get you something cheaper. Uh, Ikea in some ways has optimized value, which is the ultimate goal. Like they are, they, I feel like they did it. They provide you a space to go to. They give you cheap and serviceable furniture and you get a lot of utility of going and, you know, you save a lot by, uh, you know, going there. I, I think that in some ways that the value calculations that people are trying to do, Ikea has been doing that for a very long time. Well, yeah. So Ikea... IKEA really reminds me a decent amount of the restaurant economy in the way that it, you know, in restaurants, they pass on some of the burden of paying their employees to their customers in the form of tipping. IKEA passes along cost savings to you by enticing you to come into the store because if you're buying anything larger than maybe like a small lamp, their shipping prices are preposterous. And oh, I didn't know. That, well, that's part of their optimization. They've figured out that flat packing and making you assemble stuff is much more efficient. And also that shipping is arguably the most expensive part of the whole equation. So they really want you to come in and buy stuff. But they then they pass on the way they give you that savings is mm. by employing you to put your own damn furniture together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they know when you come into the store, you're going to buy more than you came for. I mean, I yes. could just tell checking out that every third cart had some like absurd, ridiculously large indoor plant in it, my cart <laughs> included. And you know that none of those people had like living indoor plant on their list when they went to Ikea that day. I went for chairs and a lamp and I bought a fucking colander. <laughs> like, I why? will say that their, their kitchens, I mean... It is like you know what it's like. It's like it's like the the Disney lines kind of thing, or or when you know, and there's stuff along the way, or you come out and you're in a gift shop, that type of thing. And there, the gift shop instead is the kitchen area. And for me, I always go, yeah, I need a new scrubber brush, or yeah, I'm gonna get this huge forty dollar or something like that, uh, a cutting board, which which I love. I I actually knew that I was gonna buy that when I went in, but yeah, they they just they make it like this maze and there's just an mm-hmm. exciting thing around every corner right it's also like a casino it's a, a, a yeah. big it's a big open room without much window you know without a whole lot of windows so you can't really get a good gauge on what time it is or how long you've been there helps mm-hmm. if you were to watch uh there's not great cell service uh no. certainly not at the one in college park maryland um uh, and and so that it definitely entices you to Yes, I wanted this and this and this and this, um, which leads me to uh, w- one of the most popular stereotypes about IKEA, which is that if you go to IKEA with your significant other, your relationship will disintegrate and explode right before both of your eyes. And as with most things uh it's definitely overblown Mm -hmm. but there might be a slight kernel of truth to it depending on the circumstances like it's you know that 
that feeling of, oh, I want to buy all of this stuff can be a stressor. Like if you're, you know, if you're in a couple and, and like money is a problem and you're getting super gung ho about like going off script or off budget and buying a whole bunch of extra shit, like I can see how that would be a huge problem. I mean, frankly, yeah. when, when I went with Emily, like I went, you know, I was kind of just, I had just gotten my last paycheck as a, you know, regular salaried employee and was beginning life as a, a broke grad student. And so I was feeling nervous and stressed out about money. And, and I, you know, I started deciding in my head that she was pushing me to buy stuff, which she wasn't, she really wasn't. And, you know, that was a tough afternoon. Yeah. It's not, it's not for the weak minded. No. And I would say to that, I was feeling weak minded that day. Any when you go to a store like that, and again, I think that IKEA is a store unlike any other. In part because you have these really cool um, displays of how the furniture could look, and you can walk around in them. It's not like they're behind glass. You can walk through and sit on the bed and sit in the chair and look at the 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 drapes or, or the sheets. Um, it's really hard to come in there with an idea and stick to it without buying a colander, without buying right. you know a throw pillow. And when you have another person there who is dealing with the same kind of second guessing, it's really unlikely that, that you are going to second guess in the, the same, same way. way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, and so that's, that's hard, whether, whether, you know, your budget is your issue or, or whatever it is. I think that that's it's always your, a challenge. Or your desired color scheme. I mean, like, it's, it's different from Wegmans because if you go to Wegmans, yes, it's a big ass grocery store. But, like, if you're there to buy a red bell pepper, yes, they have red and green and yellow and orange and sometimes purple peppers there. But, like, a pepper is a very low commitment thing. Yes. A piece and of... also they're consumables. Yeah. Right. You Once you go home and cook that pepper and eat it, you're not even going to remember what color it was. Mm. However, a, you know, a piece of furniture, even even if we're stipulating that IKEA is well below the price point of other furniture manufacturers. It's still one of the more expensive things that we buy in one go, and it's supposed to be something that lasts you for a while. Yeah. And so I got a cheap bed that costs the same as my cheap movers. Right, so inherently... That is a much higher, like it feels like a higher stakes, higher commitment thing. And so, you know, that that can be, I mean, Max, I love you, but having, even just having heard tell of you buying shoes, I can't imagine you in an Ikea. There's so, <laughs> there's so much stuff. It all looks so cool. They have the little showroom set up so well. I wanted to buy like $50,000 of Ikea shit at the same time that I was like, Oh, yeah, I'm poor now. Yeah. Well, similar to Wegmans, um, I always end up spending a lot more than I than I intended to at Ikea. Um, when we were checking out, we, we, you know, we had a friendly little wager on the total. And I, 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 I lowballed it by almost half. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, and and the idea of you lowballing it by half and then having to fit it all into a a mini Cooper is pretty funny. <laughs> and and I, I mean it, it is worth pointing out that again we didn't really go for furniture. We kind of went for all the little like oh yeah we need um what do you call them like the teaspoon tablespoon like measuring mm-hmm. um, measuring, measuring spoons. Span. Yeah. And things like that, and like little things that you just oh we just got a new apartment. All these little things that we that we need. Um, so there wasn't any issue really fitting it in the car. The biggest thing we got were the were two two foldable chairs for our kitchen. Yeah. Um, but yes, I totally wanted to buy everything. Um, I think I think uh, you know I think coming to a close on this, I really like <laughs> comparing it to a casino. It really yeah, is. Man. They probably throw- pump oxygen in there, and and, and they you know. Everything you see looks all these? awesome, and I think I'm I'm convinced some of those showrooms are there just so that you look at it with your significant other and be like, "That's hideous," <laughs> and like you agree on that, just in contrast <laughs> to the other ones. Like there was one that straight up looked like where like Deuce Bigelow might live, and it was like blue satin, and it was very dark and weird. And it, you know, everyone's just walking by, being like, oh, "That's a weird one." <laughs> uh, which oh, which just... one of us had episode 190? In the when will Deuce Bigelow finally be mentioned on this podcast sweepstakes? Because if you had that, know. you won. But it is it is right though. It is I think that the casino bit is great because yeah. you go in there and you see something and you take a risk uh, by getting it, and sometimes you take it home and you hit the jackpot when you put it together, and sometimes it goes bust. So yep. I mean that that is what IKEA is, but we keep coming back for more. And not just for the meatballs, but because it seems like it seems like we can win. We put in so little, and we'll come out a winner. But yeah. the I, house always wins. I know. mean, those those blue bags are cool, and I do like any place that incentivizes you to use golf pencils. So that's neat too. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Good luck finding that shit, though. Yeah, and yes, the the meatballs are 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 quite tasty. Oh, the oh. meatballs and the lingonberry jam. Yum. <laughs> Not in the mention of Lingonberry. <laughs> right. It's time for listener mail. Uh no, that is uh that's maybe where we'll we'll leave it for now and we will move on as we do to Pierce is sorry. And what are you apologizing for today? So I was recently running through and I have now completed uh the, the program Big Little Lies, which interesting show. Uh, Season one, a lot of fun. Season two, creepy Meryl Streep, you know, as as Mm. you wish. Uh, But I think it was season one. I was watching an episode and one of the the kids is playing t-ball. And I had a and given the time of year it is, I had this 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 flashback with tinges of PTSD, dependent you have where I remembered the one season, only one that I played a bat sport played t-ball myself and uh i remember something that that i still feel bad about so i'm apologizing today not only did i slide in t-ball not only was i wearing sweats when i slid not only was it first base that i was sliding into but also (laughs) i slid on my knees like one of those soccer celebrations and i was out wow someone and you know you're you're coached and it's not really coaching in t-ball but like the coach whoever it was did talk to me afterward and said (laughs) we don't do that so i am apologizing some many many years later 
that as a six-year-old, sliding into first base at a t-ball game was ill-advised. So <laughs> don't do that. Don't let your kids do that. Oh, I love that. That was excellent. Thank you for that. Uh, okay. So we will close the show with a big idea from pop culture, or actually kind of two, um, this week. One is uh, Emily came up this weekend, and we had ourselves a little uh, adventure weekend, which included some sort of unexpected things. Uh, I went to – I had to take pictures at some sort of news event of my choosing – uh, and uh, went to a Greek festival in Silver Spring. Uh, Greek festivals mm. are amazing. I would think, yes. Uh, but also, we, we tried... My original plan was to take them at the Chinese street market pop-up in D.C. Hmm. Uh, it turns out that the pop-up was kind of a dud. It was mostly just people waiting in really long lines for food. Uh, but those lines just happened to be right outside of the National Portrait Gallery. And so we said, okay, uh, we're here. Why don't we go in the National Portrait Gallery? And it was really neat. Art, great place. Art museums are great. Modern and contemporary art, because the uh, Museum of American Art is connected to the Portrait Gallery. Great. Uh, presidential portraits, really neat. Um, and happening on an unexpected thing that turns out really well is very cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other thing is that uh, it's supergroup season. There's a new musical supergroup out. It goes by the name of the High Women. It's a country music group made up of Brandy Carlisle, who I talked about recently. Uh, Maren Morris, who, before you heard her do a song with Zed that was like a big club hit and on pop radio, made like an awesome sort of poppy country album called Hero. Amanda Shires, who uh, at one point was, and maybe still is part of Jason Isbell's band, uh, but also put out a solo album that I think got some mild fanfare a few years ago. And Natalie Hemby, who I am admittedly not very familiar with um so they formed a group out of feeling like women are not properly represented in country music Uh, they're not they're right they're not and guess what they're really fucking good their album is called the high women uh the the banger so far that I've, i've been particularly enjoying uh shouts to emily for introducing me to it is called if she ever leaves me um and i'll i guess i'll use that for the music today so why not go have an unexpected adventure out in the world yeah and maybe listen to the high women while you're on your way there or while you're like you know doing your ikea furniture yes because that's an adventure itself yep all right so that is the end of the show you can find us on Facebook or Twitter at Pretty OK Pod or at our home on the web at www.prettyokpod.com. You can find our feed there, or you can subscribe on your podcast app of choice. If you do that, please 
leave us a rating, review, comment, that sort of thing. Or tell a friend about the show so we can share what we're doing with them as well. We'll be back again next week, as always, to talk about something else. Until then, I'm Sean. I'm Pierce. I'm Max. Thanks for listening. Bye.